We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live! Welcome to the channel, ladies and gentlemen. Killian, Coriander, it's hey. time to go to the other side. Hold the guys yeah. too. <laughs> what are you laughing at, man? I was just uh, your 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 scene selection. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, real quick in the chat, as we get situated here. <laughs> We got Eric. Eric saying, Steven should have known better. Tequila causes nothing but trouble. Right. <laughs> but it can be so tasty at times. <laughs> uh, Kewin says, hello, spooky people and Nightwatch. What's going on? Hey. What's going on? All right. So you guys know what we're here to do. We're here to talk about uh, Poltergeist 2, the other side. Before we get started proper here, let's just do a quick take. What do you guys think of this movie? What does it mean to you? So run me right through it. I'll start with you, Coriander, and then we'll go to Killian. I mean, I enjoyed this sequel. I thought it okay. was pretty good. Yeah. All right. All right. How about you, Kill? Um, I, I think it was a good follow-up, good sequel. Uh, picks up, you know, like I think one year later. And uh, yeah, expanded a lot on the lore and uh, definitely upped some of the, the gross score in this one. Yeah, man, it definitely did. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but when, <laughs> when we were kids and we watched this, that scene, of course, that's the scene that we had in the, in the cold open when Steven is vomiting up. <laughs> that scene was rough when we were kids, man. Yeah, I know you're rough now. <laughs> it is rough, man. Um, shout out, uh, you know, because Giger did the design on on the creature effects and stuff, and just as usual, oh, nice. wonderful stuff. Yeah, hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the mm -hmm. design, although, it, well, I'll get to it now before we start. 
proper proper but um you know he actually he did the design but he wasn't super happy with all of the end results there were some creatures he designed that didn't end up in the final cut and part of it was because and and i think we found this out when we did a lot of the reviewing for alien and stuff like that he really hated traveling so he actually had someone else that did a lot of the traveling back and forth and so uh when when the final the post was happening on the film he wasn't as happy with some of the creatures and he knew that it was because of the way that you know he wasn't always he wasn't there physically you know checking on things as they were being um created and so forth but still though giger had such uh, a visionary mind and so imaginative but i agree this is a, a pretty good sequel it's it's not as good as the original um it's pretty hard to top the original so it'll be nice to see uh where we go with some of the conversation but i agree with you guys it had some good elements that they brought to it uh, real quick in the chat, uh, we got Slasher Fred that says, if they had done a fourth film, it would have had uh, Carol Ann as a teenager. Yeah, and you know, they did have some different plans, and they had some different plans for this one too, that we'll get into a little bit, that obviously had to be changed because of some different tragedies. Um, Eric says, Julian Beck's performance and sadly, sickly look made Reverend Kane truly terrifying even when just sin rain." True enough. Mm-hmm. True enough. Uh, Qwin says that worm scene is why I don't drink or sleep with flat booty women. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that caught me off guard. That was a good one. All right. So for you guys in the chat, for you guys watching the replay, sit back, relax. You know what time it is. There can be only one. All right. Okay. Let's get down to brass tacks. That was that was the scene kill. That was the scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's start this thing off. What do you think? Let's talk about highlights of the uh, story and, and how it began and so forth. Like you said, it was a year after um, the original. So what do you think, Kill? Oh, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. It's kind of like they're on the run. You, you know, I mean, they, uh, they're staying with, uh, uh, um, well, the grandma's at grandma's house. Yeah. 
and uh, they're just trying to live a normal life they're trying to to get past all of you know what's going on and it's interesting because you know they they add a <laughs> they take a page out of uh, Stephen King where there's some shining going on in this family with the women of this family and they touch on it which is right. uh pretty yeah, interesting definitely. they they are a family of gifted women and some have suppressed it and others have embraced mm-hmm. it and uh, mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool to expand yeah. on the lore and expand on why these spirits are so attracted to carol ann you know yes yeah. good point mm-hmm. that was an excellent point yeah and of course and i could tell you in a second coriander you know the whole thing of it was that she was special because of her intense her intense aura her intense energy and light and so forth and that's why these the spirits and as we've come to find out in this movie kane wanted her because she would be kind of like a weapon in a way to lure spirits and spiritual energy away from the light so instead of letting the spirits go off into their you know forever reward place or whatever where they're supposed to be Cain would be able to take those spirits and the energy and use it for his own evil evil means so I agree it was an interesting way to kind of go deeper with that but how about you Coriander what what were you thinking in the beginning obviously as you were mentioning you enjoyed the whole idea of the you know the shining aspect of it I I thought it was good too yeah I mean like like you know we're all saying these women are gifted and Mm -hmm. uh, it's you know, it's crazy because these poor people lose their house that like vanishes out of thin air and they're trying to claim it through like insurance and they're having like a hard time. And yeah, you feel bad for them because, yeah, where else are they going to go? So thank God, mm-hmm. you know, mama's around to give them her house because, yeah. And right. like you say, they were on the run, but that doesn't matter because like the great Taylor says, you know, it's going to follow you wherever you go. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Taylor, played by, uh, uh, you know, the great Will Sampson, it was, he was yeah. a good character. I really enjoyed him in this movie. Me too. We'll definitely, mm-hmm. we'll definitely get mm-hmm. to him a little bit, too. But real quick, Kill, before I jump back to you, let me just get to the chat. Uh, q was saying, I can't believe they sued them for that house. Everyone saw what happened. That's what I was saying, too, in yeah, our last man. episode. When we talked about the ending of Poltergeist, it was like, it was like at least eight people or so literally right in front of the Freeling house looking at it as it goes up into nothingness it is like come on you know really seriously come on you know yeah um slasher fred says if you guys ever watched the twilight zone there was an episode called long distance call i think they ripped off the episode in this episode yeah you know i i know exactly which episode you're talking about and i think i think there definitely was a little bit of uh inspiration taken from that for sure um eric says as much as i love this one i don't love how they made multiple characters clairvoyant if it was just carol ann sure but the mom and the grandma hey, as well family too much <laughs> yeah you know i yeah i could kind of see it yeah i could kind of see it that way yeah yeah i mean it definitely had that vibe of something like you know the shining you know, it really, really did. So, um, and Flamethrower says he was basically going to use Carol Ann as mosquito light to the other spirits. Yeah, absolutely. That that was the idea. 
and and again pretty interesting but kill uh let's let's keep going here so they're they're kind of just trying to make do staying at um diane's mother's house steven is working as a vacuum salesman and you know there was a i and i know i said i would give it to you but let me just say this it might help you segue i gotta admit this movie still had some of those fun family moments that made you realize why you cared about this family um because that scene where you know he was talking about how he likes to go doing the selling and going door to door and you know let's just go on the road you know the freaky freelings and stuff like that you know there were still some scenes like that that i think reminded you how good this cast was together you know what would you think Hill? Oh yeah, and and I mean uh, Craig T. Nelson, in my opinion, he he was the glue with that, you know, because uh, you know, and and it's it's funny he, to me he he looked even younger in this movie. I, he, he had, had you know there were some scenes where yeah yeah he had a little bit of longer hair, um, but he is still that loving father, you know, and and he loves yeah. his his son, he loves his girls. You, you know, and mm-hmm. and they they are a unit no matter where they are. They're they're displaced. Yeah. They're staying with the grandma, so they have no mm-hmm. home, and they're fighting this <laughs> lawsuit battle. You know, with the the old yes. house. So so they're right. really going through it. And I love the addition of the grandmother because she was mm-hmm. just as sweet and loving. Yeah, she was. And and like her and Carol Ann had their own little relationship that was just so beautiful and and it seemed so natural every actor in these two movies it seems the chemistry is so natural and the the additions fit right in from you know grandma Mm. to taylor i mean you know and and i i I, it's just a great dynamic as far as the actors and so forth and the people that Mm. support and love and care for this family yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, too, in the chat, uh, we got Waffles saying, guess who's bad? Waffles. What's <laughs> up, all? <laughs> all right. Uh, Eric says, I know they didn't want to bring up the tragedy of uh, Dominic Dunn, but no mention of the older sister, Dana, at all. Not even a line yeah. saying that she's at college or a friend's house. Now, and we were going to get yep. to that, Eric, but but I might as well say it now. And then, Coriander, I'll get to you. The, the, the original idea, uh, even, even in part one I, I think they were already thinking of the possibility of, of this being you know uh, a few parts but she originally it was going to be a thing where she went away to college um, they had even planned out a, a scene where there would be like a scene with her away and talking to the family or whatever but because of Dominique being murdered shortly after the first film's release uh, obviously they decided to scrap that idea and they decided not to even mention her kind of as far as from what i've found out just more so out of respect for her they weren't going to recast her or anything they just weren't going to mention her which you know i can kind of see it both ways you know i think as a kid it didn't affect me as much because i was looking at it from a kid's perspective as an adult you know i think more about it because i'm thinking well what about dana you know but I understand what they were at least trying to do. It may not have been the perfect answer, but I will say um, it was done for the right reason, which you typically don't see that a lot in Hollywood. So, you know, just to throw that out there. But um, Coriander, what, what did you think about that? I guess we should talk about that a little bit. Uh, what did you think about the whole idea of Dana's absence and, and, and the 
reasoning and should they have mentioned her or what have you? You know, uh, she was at that age where where she wasn't mentioned, you could just assume she's off in college. You know, yes. so yes. I it didn't really phase me because she was a lot older than those other two, than her yes. other two siblings. So, I mean, I, I thought the way they did it, yeah, I mean, the poor girl was murdered. That's, that's yeah. crazy in itself. So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you say, the curse of freaking poltergeist, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Eric says, poor Robbie. Last movie, he was eaten by a tree. This one, his braces nearly kill him. <laughs> Made me think right. of when the lady turns into a robot in Superman 3. If you know that scene. That is so funny you say that, Eric, because every time I see that scene, either scene, I think of the other one. That is so funny, man. Wow. Good for you, Eric. Good for you. That is too funny. <laughs> I think the exact same way. That's crazy, man. You're all right. Uh, Qwin says, hey, Internet, I didn't know at the time what happened to her, only that she wasn't there. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he he was saying that to Eric. Yep. Uh, We got the collector man in the chat. What's going on, Tristan? Hello, all. God is in his holy temple. I love the effects in this (laughs) film, especially the cane tequila creature. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Again, H.R. Giger, man, just... You know, so inventive and creative. Uh, Slash Fred says, I wonder if the trilogy was the first to use the word poltergeist. As as far as I know, for a movie anyways, I mean, as far as I know, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric says, love Will Sampson, be it this, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, or even Orca. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you're talking. Right? But, um, yeah, and, and of course, we can't, you know, get too far in this discussion kill and i'm about to throw it to you we can't get too far in this discussion without talking about kane uh henry kane reverend henry kane mm-hmm. uh, played by the late creepy Julian ass Beck. reverend yeah yeah, yeah. so throw, throw it at me kill what would you think man this is he, this dude is still nightmare fuel for me man you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> and you know it's so you funny know. you say that because knight mentioned how you were like scared of this guy man you'd cover your eyes <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean look 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 uh, you, you now, now for, for better or worse i mean i don't know exactly how young i was when i watched this but you I'm know sure, we this, this was that one of those ones we, yeah this is one of those ones we rented from from a, a blockbuster or some movie rental place <laughs> and yeah. you know i watched it with the family and you have this creepy pale skinny white guy who seems nice, but underneath the surface is something extremely sinister and scary. Yes. You know, and, evil man. Yeah, and that smile, and he's singing, yeah. and he's just, yes. you know, he's he's like Slender Man or something. He's a weirdo, and and and, and he's he's original original Slender Man. I don't know. There you and, go. That's a good one. <laughs> and, and, and he and, and he still freaks me out to this day. But oh, but I guess that's a testament. To how good of an antagonist he was, and how yeah. good this movie is, you know. Well, and you know the the sad part about it too is Julian Beck. He was um, diagnosed with stomach cancer. Um, I think it was uh, two years before the filming of this, and he passed oh, wow. away. He passed away shortly after he finished filming his scenes. I mean, this was even before post production on the film was done. So unfortunately, you know, he passed away. But he was, you know, that did add, uh, you know, to his appearance, his gaunt appearance. 
but um, from all accounts, he was a, he was a professional, and um, you know, he, he he did what he was there to do. Um, but his performance, though, was magnificent, and we just did a um, a an icons episode on Henry Kane as one of the greatest villains in horror. And uh, if you guys have not watched that, please check that out uh, because you know it was just just kind of just paying tribute to uh, Julian Beck in this role. But he was so soft-spoken, like you said, Kill, and that's what kind of was off-putting at first. You know, when Carol Ann first sees him, he's just walking, you know, she's at the mall, and he's just walking around, and then all of a sudden, she sees that people are walking through him. And yeah, it, and he's walking through really... glass. Yes, yes. It was real creepy imagery. Nothing, nothing extravagant, no bodies or limbs flying anywhere no gore and blood and guts just his performance nice and subtle and when she comes upon him i mean like you said kill he's so polite and are, are you lost little girl are you scared i am now me <laughs> but, but you know what's funny <laughs> hey look man it was so funny though when you were a kid and, and this this is, a, and I'm going off topic here. I'm sorry, guys. But when we were kids and we'd watch regular TV, because regular TV was a thing back then, I can remember when a movie would come on at night, they would do commercials to preview it. And they would always, for Poltergeist 2, and it was, it was played quite a bit because this was a popular movie, they would always play that scene where he would say, <laughs> You are gonna die! And man, Killian, <laughs> that used to mess you up, boy. I felt so bad. No, I didn't feel bad for you at the time. No, you I didn't. Feel bad for you now. But it was some good stuff, though. All right. Real quick in the chat. Oh, man. You're all right, brother. Uh, Tristan says the scene with Kane talking to Steven through the screen door is mesmerizingly terrifying. Absolutely. Yeah. It was almost yeah. like a vampire type of and thing. And he was so right? smart not to let him in. So smart. He was lucky. He was lucky, yeah. though. Because remember, yep. he, he was just kind of backing up while Kane was talking that sweet stuff to him. And I think it was more so, he was lucky. And Kane, it was almost like a vampire, you know? He was kept saying, let me in. Almost like you have to let him in, just like the old vampire legends. You know, you have to actually let them in for them to, you know, do what they're going to do. And he um, Stephen was almost going to open that door. And then Carol Ann said something. And then their eyes shifted away from each other to where Carol Ann was and it broke the spell, so to speak. That's when Kane says, you know, hurry up before it's too late, let me in. And then, you know, obviously at that point, Steven woke up and said, no, I'm not gonna let you in. And that's when he, you know, went through his stuff. You're gonna die in there and all that. But um, Cuban said he made, uh, he made scared of Amish people and Southern preachers. Damn you to hell, poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> Eric says, uh, he's so soft-spoken. Well, Knight, you know the saying. You know the saying. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's always the quiet ones. <laughs> That's right, man. But, um, but yeah, Kill, let, let's continue with that. I mean, that scene is a fantastic scene. That's the scene that uh, always stands out for me as well. What did you think of... Like, what did you think of what did you think of him? But what did you also think of Taylor as far as his character and what he was all about to help the Freelings? 
Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, you know, the the addition of Taylor and going more into like the spiritual realm, you know, because uh, apparently, you know, Tangia did all that she could do. And so she's like, hey, th- this is out of my spectrum and realm of uh, <laughs> expertise. I need I need right, somebody right, right. who's a little bit more experienced. And right. she kind of calls him in and it's like, okay, now we're up to a whole nother level of, I guess, intense spiritual activity. And um, I love how Taylor just like kind of came in and and at first, you know, especially Craig T. Nelson, he didn't know how to how to deal with them, how to handle mm-hmm. him. And even was kind of borderline a little mean to him at first with some of the things Absolutely. that were said. And and then again, yeah. this is this is a a movie of its time in the '80s. Some of the stuff that he was saying was a little, maybe not the most PC mm-hmm. things. Um, right. But but then of course he warmed up to him and realized, sort of just like with Tangia, okay, this guy is here trying to help us, and he knows his mm-hmm. shit. So maybe I should just kind of be open to whatever journey he's going to take me on that can help me save my family. Right. 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 Absolutely. How about you, Coriander? What were you thinking about Taylor? I thought Taylor was great. You know, Mm -hmm. he represented really well. Uh, Yeah, I mean, what can I say? You know, this it it's crazy that you know this poor family has to keep dealing with this crazy. And to think that it's the same, you know, it's the same thing that they were dealing with from the first movie. Right. You know, so yeah, yeah, you know, Tangina did what she could, but natives, mm-hmm. you know, they know their shit. And when it comes to spiritualism and dealing with shit like this, I mean, yeah, that's where I would turn to, honestly. So mm-hmm. they were smart yeah. to finally, you know, the uh, Steve there was finally smart to realize that, yeah, Taylor knew what he was talking about. And yeah, I need to listen to him in order to save my family. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that scene where they went through the ritual and so forth, I thought it was very cool. And, you know, again, Will Sampson, yeah. you know, he was he was just great. He had great charisma. Every scene that he was in, I was I was just just enjoying everything he did. Yeah. He had a very good his character was very likable and, and very knowledgeable and so forth. And Craig mm-hmm. T. Nelson played off of him very well. And it was cool to see them get to the point where they bonded with yeah. each other and, and that's what you do when you sweat when you're in a sweat lodge like that crazy shit you see crazy shit and weird stuff happen so yeah i mean it was awesome to see you know because a lot of people don't really realize that native americans yeah we do sweat you know we do cleanse our houses with smoke and prayer and yeah i mean mm-hmm. it's it's something yeah that we still do today so Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Were you going to say something, Kel? Yeah. Um. I. I, I just also with uh, the way Taylor kind of allowed Craig T. Nelson to kind of fight some of his own battles. Because the scene with yeah. uh, Kane, Kane right outside the door, Kane was afraid of Taylor because he even said he's yes. in there with you, isn't he? You know, yada. You mm-hmm. can't trust him and this and that. And Taylor's just in there, just yeah. sitting on a couch like. I could go to the door and handle this for him, 
but this right. is one of his tests. He needs yeah. to be yes. tested. And he even he says that to Carol Ann. Yeah. 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 Right. But he even said it to Craig T. Nelson. He, he's testing you for your strengths to see, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. where, where your weaknesses are and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, that's just really interesting. And Taylor's just badass, man. He was just there. Just, he, he was, was just so chill. He was like, look, I've, I've, been, I've done this a million times. This is not new for me. It's new for you guys. So I'm going to just right. stay here with this little girl and make sure she's, yeah. she's cool. Yeah, I was going to say that scene and, and actually Eric had just mentioned it too, but that scene where Robbie gets attacked by the braces and so forth, everyone runs to the bathroom and, and Coriander, I think I said it to you too. I was like, don't leave Carol Ann. Cause they ran yeah. upstairs. Both of them. Yeah. They, now, they do it every now, time. I know, <laughs> now I know, I know they have to do that for the story to work a certain way. And obviously also to show Taylor not leaving Carol Ann's side. But it's almost like mm-hmm. when you think of it as a as a family thing, you know, what they just went through is like, dude, I would I would bring her everywhere I go. Because, you know, yep. it was the same tactic they used in the first one. Yep. They attacked yep. Robbie yep. to get everyone outside the house so that Carol Ann could be abducted. But um, Poor Rob. Yep. Poor Eric Robbie. Would, I know. I know. He's, the, he's the he's the bait. But Eric yeah, was he is. T- yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Eric was saying Taylor was a great protector of Carol Ann. It's even called out when Robbie's braces attack. He protects Carol Ann and says, it's her that Kane wants. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Flamethrower says, my mom was Native American and loved that the hero of this movie was a shaman. Yeah. Right? Yeah, my dad's cool. full-blooded. Yeah. I'm right there with you, yeah. man. Uh, Eric says, uh, Tangina did what she could. Like I said in part one, in the part one discussion, she failed and failed here and got lucky in part three, I guess. Worst medium ever. Laugh out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know know what? I will say this, and it's not to make any excuse for her, but one thing I did like, and it was a small little part of it, but um, when she was talking uh, to Diane and trying to get her to use her her powers, so to speak. It was funny because she she even said to Diane, you know, I don't trust my instincts anymore. And she said, I've consulted others, but they said that you know more. And that's when Diane was was looking at the picture and trying to put the pieces together about Kane and what he wants. So it was funny because in that scene, you got this sense that Tangina, yeah, she has you know, a sensitivity to things and so forth, but it's not like she's like a superhero. This isn't like, you know, she's not like one of the Avengers that just comes in and does her thing, uses her superpower and then everything's situated. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a process and, and it's, and it's not perfect, so to speak. And I think that that was kind of cool because number one, that would, that explains in a way the failing, like Eric was mentioning, the failing in part one, and also the reason to have Taylor, but it also built Kane up as a as an even more intense villain. And I thought that that was, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, even Taylor didn't have all the answers. Like he was experienced, but like even he said, you know, he he said something like he doesn't know. You know, he, you know. Hopefully, I'll try to bring them back. Like they went when they went to the other side and. And he thought that he had failed and, and things like that. So I, I thought that was kind of cool, just little bits like that, because yeah. it also, and, and again, like Eric was saying, it was kind of a, a you know, not a great uh, trait of this movie, but for anyone that does like that trait of, you know, the, the women in a family 
having that that clairvoyancy you know that was a scene when tangina said that other people have said you know more basically saying that diane has more sensitivity than than tangina has herself so it was just interesting stuff but but uh kill as we get (laughs) eric (laughs) stop making excuses for tangina night laugh out loud (laughs) 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 leave leave zelda alone no i'm just joking (laughs) but um but you know, let's get to the finale. I mean, all of this had been leading up to the confrontation uh, with Kane, which, by the way, we had the scene that we played in the beginning when Steven basically kind of gave birth to him <laughs> in physical form, which that was a crazy scene. Uh, again, Creature Effects by Giger, uh, who was amazing. But the finale, basically the confrontation um, against Kane, what did you think of that kill as the finale to the movie? I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, they had to go kind of back to the old house, go back to where it started, go go underground into where Kane had his him and his disciples, where they kind of, you know, closed themselves off and and suffered and died altogether. Um, yeah, which was a creepy thought. Oh God, it's so it's so creepy, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, they go down there and they essentially you know go to the other side where they're they're fighting kane and and once again man and and i think coriander said said this when we reviewed the first one love man love the love of of these parents and these kids the the wife and the husband just the love Mm -hmm. of this family is what wins at the end of the Mm -hmm. day you know, yeah. and uh, and the bond that they have, you know, even Robbie got got in it. You know, they, they look at yeah, old Robbie. You know, <laughs> give Robbie some love. Yeah, give Robbie some love, man. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, you know. So I, I thought it I thought it was really cool how it it kind of ended where it began. You know, kind of closing yeah. the loop. You know, from the first yeah. movie to this one. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and Joe Beth Williams had said something that was interesting because she was talking about the movies and she talked about how this one wasn't for her anyways, wasn't as physical for her um, as the first film. She said it was more physical oh, yeah. for Katie Nelson. Yeah, it which is. Obviously mm. we see that. But she said for her in this one, um, it was much more of a psychological terror. And I, and I get that, you know, I mean, because obviously, you know, she had some scenes where if you buy into her character, which, you know, she's a great actress and this character was great. Uh, this character was great. You realize, that, hey, man, this this mother is trying to keep her family together. The love of her family. She's been through this thing once. Now she's going through it again. What what would that look like? And I thought she was uh, she was very good in her scenes. But um, as as we start to finish up here, Coriander, for you. What, what did you think of the finale? Was it a satisfying finale for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mm-hmm. thought it was great that they went back to where it originated. Because, yeah, how else mm-hmm. would you get rid of something? So I thought it was smart, and I thought it all worked out well. Yeah, I, I, I like the ending. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I the mean, music the... in it. I mean, the visuals to it. Yes. When, you know, you thought, shit, Carol Ann, she's gone. But... No, you mm-hmm. know, grandma floats her back out. And I mean, that's like a beautiful scene yeah. in the music. It was, that was yeah. It was Yeah. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought that that was another thing that was, to me, was very sweet. I mean, and you guys mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the whole idea of the grandmother character and uh, that actress, uh, Geraldine Fitzgerald, um, mm-hmm. 
she did a great job and and yeah she did the connection she had with diane but especially with carol ann and it was just some yeah. sweet moments you know and, and when she passed and, and all those types of things but she was Grandma's the one at the end special yes you know? i was i was gonna say that you know yeah. and it, it was a very sweet thing and mm-hmm. you know again I, I think all three of us can agree this movie was not better than the first um rarely do you have a, a sequel to such an amazing film rarely do you have a sequel top it but like i said this had some interesting and, and, and nice family moments like that it had a great villain julian beck as yeah. king was magnificent the only downside is that we didn't get more of him you know but again obviously with him dealing with his we'll forever cancer. see him yeah but he's forever you know in his movies and in his roles so we can enjoy him and yeah, yeah. absolutely he did great yeah absolutely yeah. he did he really did um mm-hmm. real quick in the chat uh, before we get out of here um let's see q says justice for robbie damn it <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Tristan said the film set was supposedly cursed. They used real skeletons, and Will Sampson would perform cleansing rituals. Yes, I heard that too. He was not happy about you know those things. I wouldn't and, think so, um, man. He, yeah, he, that's he, sacrilegious he, shit. Yeah. Yep. He did do rituals. That was that was definitely stated that he did rituals on set. Uh, we got David's horror in the chat saying, "Hey, Night Watch Zone crew, what's going hey. on, David? Hey, how you doing, man? Nice to see you. Thanks for stopping in. All right, and we got Mr. Dan in the chat too. Of course, I had the Among the Living cassette tape with Anthrax with Kane on the cover. Oh, man. nice. <laughs> that is cool, man, Mr. Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's- Oh, that's a good one, man. All right. Yeah. Uh, Eric says, uh, Killian may have gotten scared by Kane, but when Carol Ann turned into that creature, when grabbed by Kane on the other side, that freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, that 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 was a crazy scene. I think I showed that image. That, that scene did get me too, man, because it kind of came out of nowhere. You know, she just transformed uh, one of the great uh, effects in the movie. Uh, yeah. And Tristan says... I love this film even more than the original, in fact, but the ending is too abrupt for me and the creature near the end didn't look too amazing. I hear you. Yeah, it was a quick ending. You know, it it was weird and kill. If you want, you can jump in as we finish up. But, you know, they did a lot to get back to the old house going through the cavern and all of that was really cool, cool set design and everything. And then, of course, you know, in the confrontation itself, it was pretty quick. Did you think so, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, okay. you know, it, it was it was pretty quick, but I, I guess the one thing that I'll say that this one is 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 different than the first is this one is straight up a horror movie. The first one is yeah. like it starts off where oh the ghost stuff is interesting and fun and it's kind of adventurous, yes. and then it yeah. gets to yeah. horror. But this one it right. starts horror, it ends horror. And Good there's point. no there's no fun. Oh, this is interesting, you know. But right. yeah, the ending it, it does wrap up a little abruptly. Um, so yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Eric says, uh, "I love how Taylor drives away with the family car for payment, leaving the family <laughs> behind." Yeah, that okay. was. 
And Tristan says, the car is now happy. Left out loud. Yeah, that was cute. Like I said, those were some of the things that were really cute about this movie that was different than the first one. Um, you know, like Tristan was saying, he likes this one more than the original. And I, I can see that. You know, this was, like you said, Killian, uh, more of a straight horror film. And you had Kane, you had Taylor. Uh, you, you know, so you had great characters that kind of came into this one that were really nice, you know. Um, David's horror, David says, I think this was better than the first. Kane made that movie scarier for me. Agreed. Yeah, right yeah, there. He that's, made the movie, that's, that's honestly. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kewin says, the tequila monster pushed pushed to the top for me. Yeah, that was just crazy. That's even to this day, watching that scene, not only does it still look good, and we're talking about a movie that's 30 years old, it still looks good, and, you know, a practical creature and all that, so... I gotta admit, that was a, they had great moments like that. They really did. But yeah, you know, pretty good movie. It did not do as well as the first movie. But again, that, that is to be expected. Um, it, it made only about half of what the first movie made. It made $41 million off of a $19 million budget. And its RT score, uh, was a bit lower. But again, that's understandable too, because this movie, um, you know, it, it, it did lack in some of the development uh, areas versus the first one. It only had a 30% Rotten Tomatoes score. So, you know, and the other and the original had like an 87, I believe it was. But um, but anyways, but still a good sequel. I enjoyed it as a kid. I still yeah. enjoy it now as an adult, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and of course, you know, so many uh, tragedies linked with uh, the Poltergeist uh, movies. You know, they talk about the Poltergeist curse. Uh, and obviously we have another film uh, to review and we'll, we'll get more into some of uh, those things. So it's a lot of uh, RIPs, unfortunately, for the cast uh, of these movies. So, But um, yeah, that's about it for Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Uh, pretty good sequel. If you haven't seen it, I think you should, especially if you enjoyed the first one. Or if you haven't seen it in a long time, it's a fun watch. You know, when I rewatched it, I was like, wow. Because I hadn't seen it in a while. I don't know about you, Kill, um, but I hadn't seen it in in quite a few years. But rewatching it, I was like, wow, this was actually a pretty good movie. It really was. So Mm -hmm. uh, for you guys watching, please give us a like and also comment down in the comment section. Let us know what you think of Poltergeist 2. Uh, Did you enjoy it more than the first one? like Tristan did or like David did let us know and also let us know some of your favorite moments let us know about Kane and all those types of things and we will be catching you guys next time real quick in the chat as we head on out Eric says okay time to prepare for part three as he exhales (laughs) (laughs) you're all right man (laughs) all right guys we'll catch you later if you're watching this if you're listening to this you're the night watch peace out guys Peace. Up, church.